A koala lives almost entirely on eucalyptus, which is poisonous to most animals and humans. But the koala has developed a very special organ with millions of bacteria that breaks down the fiber of the eucalyptus into something easy to absorb. In the animal world, the koala is the very definition of a specialist. They're also specialists when it comes to what they sound like. A raccoon, on the other hand, is very much a generalist. It has a wide diet, is an omnivore, lives in any area with trees, brush, or structures, and as you know, isn't afraid of invading your suburb. It'll go anywhere. To use a forest as a metaphor, living species reside on a scale with the generalist on one end and the specialist on the other. Specialists tend to survive only in a narrow range of conditions such as diet, climate, or camouflage. Generalists are able to survive in a wide variety of conditions and changes in the environment, including food, climate, and predators. So that leaves the specialist only able to thrive when the conditions are just right. They fulfill a niche and can cope with known risks. The generalists are better at adapting to change quickly. The specialists are living proof that adaptation to change over the long term produces niche abilities. And you can apply this model in many different areas, including the business world. The really big companies like Coca-Cola or Procter & Gamble are examples of generalists today with diversified products. But they didn't start that way. They started as specialists. Today on Stories and Strategies, why finding your niche might be the right recipe for your career. My name is Doug Dales. My guest this week is Talia Beckett-Davis, joining us again from Vancouver, west coast of Canada. It's, a, it's sort of like you and I are neighbors, except there's a mountain range in between us, so we, we can't really borrow sugar from one another. How are you, Talia? Well, it's a, it's a beautiful day outside, and I get to chat with you today, Doug, so things are great. And you can definitely borrow sugar from me anytime if you want to come to Vancouver. <laughs> You've got the good day. We've got nothing but rain here on the east side of the Rocky Mountains. Um, it is going to rain just all day long. So we're hoping you send some good stuff our way eventually. Definitely. I'll chat to my friend in the weather department. Yeah, good. Talia, you hold a master's degree in international relations from the University of London, England, a bachelor's degree in communications from Royal Roads University, and a marketing management diploma from Kwantlen Polytechnic University, which is also in the Vancouver area. You're the owner of Pink Pearl PR, an agency specializing in baby, kids, and women's lifestyle products. You're the founder of Women in PR North America, and that's how you and I chatted last time on the podcast. You're also an instructor at Simon Fraser University, and the NASDAQ has recognized you as a PR influencer. Phew, that's a, that's a long bio. That's a good one. Talia, so this is all about being uh, at least known as a generalist or 
a specialist. Back in the early 2000s, uh, when I was starting in PR, because I came out of journalism, went into PR, it was drilled into my head that a generalist is what I had to be. I not only be a generalist, but I had to be seen as a generalist because there were so many different skills needed. Now the trend is to kind of flip that on its on its head upside down. Why has that changed in the last 15 to 20 years, do you think? Well, Doug, I, I think you're right there. When I was first starting in my career, it was also drilled in my head that we needed to master a variety of skills to succeed and really to get that promotion, right? So I think the advice is still good if you're new to the workforce and you're trying to figure out where you fit in. But once you've been in the workforce for a while, you need to stand out and you need to really start thinking about your unique personal brand image. And, you know, that question, it really brings me back to when I was first starting in my career. Um, and one of my first jobs descriptions, uh, when I was working as a marketing manager in the kids product industry, I had this broad list of marketing responsibilities. I organized industry trade shows, I took product photos, I wrote product copy, I pitched the media, and I even created the brochures. I was a Jill of all trades, but really a master of nothing. My goal was always to get what needed to be done to promote the company's wide range of products. And, you know, I felt like I was successful at the time, but working as a generalist, I started to feel burnt out. And mm. that's when I started to feel like something had to change. So you can imagine here I am sitting inside the walls of this cubicle in this large organization. And I just started to feel really small in my role, even though I was doing so many things. Um, I just knew that I was meant for something bigger. But really, it wasn't until I moved across the pond all the way to London, England, that's when I really, truly felt unknown. I lost my sense of identity when I left that job. All of a sudden, I didn't know how to describe what I did for a living. I used to introduce myself by my job title at networking functions, and now I was just Talia. So I didn't have confidence in my abilities because when I was trying to find a job in a new country, it was just impossible to stand out, right? I was working previously at this great company. I was marketing the company's brand image. Right. But because I, it was earlier in my career and I didn't think about this at the time, I had neglected to create my own unique image, right? Who, who was Talia? And... It was at that time that I noticed companies were starting to look for more specialized skills. Now, this was only about um, 10 years ago, mm -hmm. right? When I had picked everything up, moved across the country to, to London, England, across the pond. And at that time, I wasn't sure what I really brought to the table because I was always working as a marketing generalist, right? That's what I first went to school for. I studied everything to do in marketing and I thought I could do it all. Yeah. That whole, the concept of standing out. So, so back, I started in radio back in, in 86 and in 88, um, there was a new VP that came in to run the store general manager, I guess, to run, run the station. And, and I just to be totally on, I was making $12,000 a year. I was full time. I was 19. I'd already gotten out of college. I sort of 
top of my class and all that crap, blah, blah, blah. Um, so I, I kind of thought highly of myself, I, I guess is the simple way to put it. And I thought I should be waking, making way more money. I'm good at this. So I am not the regular. And he sat me down. And first of all, he basically said, you know, I love that you think you're, you're all that good. And maybe you are. But the point is the job you're doing, this is what it pays. And, and I don't care if you're Johnny Carson this is what job pays. His second piece of advice goes to what you and I are talking about, about the standing out thing. Because Dave was actually a great guy. And he said, you know, the advice I'd give you is, is do your job, learn how to do a bunch of different things, but stand out in some way. And his, at the time, David Letterman, his whole shtick was he would come out and he'd wear a suit. It was early in Dave's, early relatively in his career. But he would wear sneakers. And that was Letterman's way of standing out, right? Um, and other people wear like a boutonniere or a flower in their hair or a hat or something, but something, and that's what you're getting at. Learn the skills, but find a way to make yourself stand out. Absolutely. I completely agree with that advice, Doug. And it's, I mean, when now today, a lot of people have actually asked me, Talia, why do you always wear red when you mm. do a speech? And my answer is, so the blood doesn't show. Because <laughs> I right. work in PR and I have to put out so many fires. and But it's also because, you know, red, I feel very confident in that color. And for me, that's just a small thing that just helps me stand out. Nothing to do with my day-to-day um, -day responsibilities, but it's just something simple, as you mentioned, the sneakers. So someone just getting into PR, we did an episode a couple of weeks back about new PR grads. And I heard you say, you know, when you first get into the industry, maybe accept the generalist role, but how quickly should they be looking for what their niche is going to be? Because uh, some will have an idea right out of high school, they know, and then others, you know, they're 35, 40, and they still haven't quite, quite found it. When should you start looking for that? Yes, I think that when you're first starting out, the best thing that you can do is just go back to your personal experiences. So even if you have no work experience, Think about something that you truly excel at and what you're passionate about, because I think that's going to really show uh, when you have a new job, right? If you're working in an industry that you don't really care a lot about, you're not going to feel motivated to do your best work, no matter if that's um, doing all of the different marketing tasks and, uh, or PR tasks. Um, I think that's one way you can first start standing out in your career. And then once you get a little bit of experience under your belt, you do need to pick something to specialize in, right? If it, maybe it's that one skill, maybe you're really great at getting uh, products featured in major magazines. That's a one faucet of PR that you could focus on. Or maybe you're really great at um, working with company executives and helping them get these amazing interviews, mm -hmm. right? That's the whole thought leadership side of PR and you're promoting someone's services or personal expertise. So I think there's different ways you could start specializing in your field as you get a little bit of experience under your belt. Okay. And very simply, I find, you know, there are just too many channels um, in communications these days, right? Not that there weren't a lot of channels back in the 80s and 90s and early 2000s, but my goodness, there are so many different, and podcasts, which have been around for 10, 15 years, that's one of the evolving newer channels for people. Um it's it's just it's it's too hard to learn them all. There, in fact, there's nobody that can learn. All, not even your VP. Not no one. 
that can learn all of them. What we're saying is have an, have an understanding of these, but find what you, where you really hit the baseball pretty hard and what your, your core skill set is. Yes, I, I agree with that, Doug. So say your example with podcasts is that's actually become a very specialized skill in, yeah. in the PR world as well. Someone that uh, helps with that type of media, or maybe it's even with video and helping people uh, be great on camera. So I think there are lots of different ways that we can specialize in the field of public relations or communications. A hundred. Ah. You know, uh, podcasting and working out in the gym are, are a lot alike, you know. They suffer from two basic problems that most people have. One is keeping it going. Uh, often if you don't see results, you give up, you stop going, and then you really don't see results. The other hard part is just getting started. We're hosting an event on July 13th on Eventbrite called getting your podcast started. It's an hour long and it's absolutely free. If you've been thinking about getting started with a podcast, this is a great event for you. Just look it up on Eventbrite or send me an email, Doug at storiesandstrategies.ca and I'll send you the link to register. July 13th. Hope to see you there. I'm done with the five pounders now. Do you, have, do you have to become a consultant, do you think, to be a specialist? Or can you be a specialist and be a full-time employee? I think that you can specialize in something full-time, but it's a lot easier to do it if you're a consultant, in my opinion, mm. because you have the opportunity to really choose your path when it's your own business. I think when you are working for another company, it tends to be that you still do take on all of these other responsibilities. Um, I couldn't imagine, say, a, a VP of communications or a communications manager saying, the only thing I'm doing in my job is creating podcasts. Right, right. Right, just as an example. So then is the generalist concept gone or is it actually involving into the full-time employee who manages the specialists, the contractors to do the work and develop the difficult strategies? Is is And, and supplemental to that... If that's the case, is, is the full-time employee developing their own niche where they are truly a project manager? I I agree. I think the communications landscape has shifted. With so many people, they're starting their own consultancies. And now an organization has so much to choose from. So really, they can all of a sudden pick and choose services like they would at a menu at a restaurant. That's how many consultants yeah. there are right now. And that's, yeah. I believe, because of... Uh, the pandemic and everybody being forced into sometimes taking on new roles and maybe losing their jobs. Um, and before you had a company that they were looking for an employee that could execute all of those tasks with perfection. And I think that was a big ask if you think back to that. And now companies, they're outsourcing all of these different tasks. So a company, uh, they might want to pitch the media. So they're going to hire an agency to do all that implementation work. And then the in-house employee would showcase the results to their team. Or maybe a company wants to outsource their content writing and hire someone to help their top executives get featured in thought leadership publications. Or you could hire an event planner to organize your company conferences and a photographer to take your product photos. 
or social media specialist to, to promote you online. You know, all of these different things. And when I think back to all of those tasks that I was doing in my first role as a marketing generalist and my in-house role, truly now that I think about it, it, it feels scattered. It, I think this also led for me to burn out early in my career and, and look for that big change that took me all the way to London. And today, I truly believe that we have two options to future-proof our career. One, you can become a great project manager in your role, and you're managing all of these different services. Or you can become a specialist and deliver one key aspect of the marketing mix and stand out in your field as, as an expert that just has these amazing opportunities coming your way. Yeah, I agree. And you know what's interesting there? It's the project manager whose path seems more destined to climb the corporate rank up to vice president, right? Or, or president of, a, of even a consultancy because you understand the multidisciplinary factors that are involved in, in marketing and PR. That's very true. And, you know, as you said earlier, with all of the different technologies that are available, if someone is more familiar with them, and that's how they're going to move up the corporate ranks and get that promotion because they're really the ones that are showcasing all of the results and they might not be doing all the work themselves anymore right. because they're taking on that role as a project manager. Um, and I think, yeah, the future, definitely a lot of people are going to be looking for these project management skills. It's personality types. Um, is, is there, are there, are there personality types more suited for that project manager role as opposed to that contractor or specialist role, do you think? That's a great question. And I think that you definitely have to be organized <laughs> to be a project manager. It's got to be someone that wants to be in an office. I think it's not as, um, you know, with your normal PR, you might be out there being a company spokesperson. You might out be out there doing networking or behind the camera. Um, or, you know, even doing things like doing the interviews on behalf of a brand, right, doing all the brand journalism. So it, it is a specialized skill and all of these skills, um, I, I really just don't think that it's feasible for one person to do them all now. Now that we really start just adding them all up, what a company used to ask for on a job description, it's just, it can't happen anymore in the future. Yeah. And lack of creativity. Uh, if you're relying on one or two people all the time, it, there's only so much creativity amongst those two. That's very true. Yeah. Asking yeah. asking for someone to be so creative in their role and coming up with new ideas um, can make variety can be fun too, right? I, I thrive on variety personally, but I think we can be a lot more efficient if we're focused in our roles. And I think that's another skill that's needed in the, as a project manager is looking for that level of efficiency. And, and you made that choice to go um, into specialization or becoming a contractor. Tell me a bit about that path. What was that like for you? When I moved to London, and as I mentioned, I was trying to figure out exactly what I wanted to, to do <laughs> in my career, going from working as a marketing manager. And I thought to myself, what's next? You know, what do I really want to do? I'm pursuing my master's degree and um, I just want to do something that really makes an impact and helps other women succeed in my field. 
And that's when I decided I really wanted to focus on working in public relations. And I made a conscious effort to remove all of those other marketing tasks from my list. And I feel like that's how I was able to survive and create this um, new business for myself um, in a whole new country. And I actually reached back out to my contacts in Canada to help me get my business going because these were my personal connections and I niched down. So that's how I was able to stand out. I, I niched down to specializing in the kids product industry, taking my past experiences working for a kids product manufacturer. Um, you really have to go back to your own you know, again, your personal expertise in the industry if you're going to start your own business. And eventually, I was able to add new clients outside of the kids' landscape. And I've worked with clients in women's fitness, and I've expanded all the way to other areas such as finance. But it's still the kids' product industry where I'm widely known to this day. And I really think that when a lot of people lost their jobs recently during this pandemic, they also lost their sense of identity. And they really started to think about how they could secure their own future. And it feels to me similar to how I felt 10 years ago when I was first setting up my PR agency, right? I felt like I had to stand out online because nobody knew who I was in person. And we have to future-proof our careers by showcasing our personal accomplishments. If you want to change jobs or start your own business, you need to make sure that you have a reputation to bring with you. And if you haven't taken the time to manage that reputation and really demonstrate how you can stand out among your peers, it's going to be challenging to secure new opportunities outside the walls of your familiar job. And again, that's how I personally felt, I think a lot of the, your listeners can relate, Doug, to when you lose that sense of identity and you lose your confidence, what's the next step, right? How do you move forward? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Talia, thank you again for your time. Second time on. Great having you on again. Thank you for having me, Doug. It's been a pleasure. If you'd like to send a message to my guest, Talia Beckett-Davis, you can reach her easily at either email address that's in the show notes to Women in PR or Pink Pearl PR. Stories and Strategies is a co-production of JGR Communications and Stories and Strategies podcasts. If you like this episode, leave a rating and the next conversation you have where this topic about niching or becoming a specialist in something comes up with a friend or with a family member, mention this episode. Thanks for listening.